Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan tonight as we're breaking down the Kansas races from this past week. It was the Digital Ally 400 and the Digital Ally 250 from Kansas Speedway this week. And NASCAR Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is in action for the Digital Ally 400. The uh, Gander Outdoors Truck Series was in action for the Digital Ally 250. The Brad Kozlowski won the cup race, and Ross Chastain won his first career truck series event on Friday night. We'll discuss all of that and a little bit more here tonight on Talking Circles. also want to touch on uh, two pa- passing of two former car owners in NASCAR, Mike Mittler and A.G. Dillard. So we'll discuss that here um, as well a little bit tonight. 917-889-8280 is the number tonight on Talking Circles as we break down Kansas. Let's get right to it, guys, here. The Digital Ally 400 was a Saturday night event uh, from the Kansas Speedway with Brad Kozlowski going to victory lane, led the final 12 laps, passed Alex Bowman, a very uh, good race run by Alex Bowman. Looked like he was going to win for a little while, but he settles for the second spot, his third consecutive second-place finish. Eric Jones finished in third, a good run for him as well. Then it was Chase Elliott and Clint Boyer rounding out the top five. Um, a, a good race by Kozlowski, certainly didn't dominate it at all, Philip Matthew, but uh, a race that he was there in the top five for most of the day, and then when when push came to shove and when time came to to really run hard, he was able to get past Alex Bowman there in the closing stages and win the Digital Ally 400. What do you think of that race here on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean the it started out as you know any typical cookie cutter race. Uh, Kevin Harvick got away, and frankly. You know, we'll talk about him probably later on as we go on here in the episode. But, I mean, early on it was Kevin. Then the second second stage was Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott's been on a heater these last few weeks, and his momentum keeps on going there. And then Alex Bowman, I mean, frankly, if it weren't for that, um, you know, Rick Warecar, more than likely – we're talking about Alex Bowman winning his first career cup race. Uh, I kind of felt like he was going to, uh, Brad started third after all the penalties. Uh, and then he was up there for a while, bad pit stop, fell back, made some, made some ground, but basically was kind of fighting after that. It was in the, in the fourth to 10th range for a while, but over once those late cautions came along, two great restarts, made good moves, and then he made that pass that he had to make on Alex Bowman to win and get his third win out of, of 2019, 30th win of his career. Uh, it's a big deal uh, in the sense that for Brad, it gets him even with Kyle Busch for most wins. It also shows that even with some of the R&D and stuff that's gone on so far this year, I think we talked about this race earlier in the season in one of our earlier episodes, this is going to be a litmus test to see who is, where everybody is and who is really going to contend. And frankly, Penske, at least with the two car and the 22 car with Joey Logano were on it. The Hendrick cars have made a lot of progress. Uh, Eric Jones is very happy about his run uh, yesterday. Uh, one of his better runs he's had in recent times. And in terms of the Joe Gibbs racing cars, uh, he was the lead dog there. And, uh, I mean, frankly, it, it, there was a lot of parity in terms of the teams. I mean, the teams that you'd expect all kind of showed themselves over the, the evening and all had their, their taste of the front. And so, um, I mean, at the end of the day, for a cookie-cutter race, it basically was your typical run-of-the-mill cookie-cutter race for – about the first two segments. But in that last segment, once pitch strategy had came in, green flag pit stops, things started started to get messed around with, and those late restarts really brought some real interesting uh, final results. And, I mean, as for somebody who's never mm-hmm. really cared for Kansas Speedway, I was actually entertained yesterday. And so, I mean, I'll take it. I mean, of course I'll yeah. take it because of who I like, but then I'll also right. take it because it was actually an intriguing finish. A three-way, three drivers were there to possibly win that race there at the end. So, 
got a say a big uh, attaboy to Alex Bowman, three second places in a row. He's on the cusp, and yeah. um, you know Eric Jones there, who's trying to kind of hold on to his ride. But Brad Keselowski, he, this these are those nights, the kind of nights that you have to have if you want to win that second cup championship. And he's been close a couple times in recent years. It's about time he comes through with that second championship. And this is the kind of night you need. Absolutely. And you talked about a lot of the, the – it was a lot of parity through the field. And I think, Spencer, the most important thing, the, mo- the biggest thing to look out for uh, on Saturday night was the resurgence from Hendrick Motorsports. Sure, we saw them uh, run very well at Dover um, and put themselves, you know, in the first two stages at least at Dover. They were in the mix and, and running leading laps. Bowman finished second there. Um and Talladega, Chase Elliott won. But I think everybody was kind of saying, okay, Dover's sort of a, a track all by itself. You know, there's not really another high bank mile racetrack on the, on the circuit. Uh, Talladega is a, a restrictor plate, super speedway track, however you want to call it. Uh, it's, it's unlike any other track we go to aside from Daytona. Kansas was going to be the weekend. I think a lot of people looked at and said, that's the race that Hendrick Motorsports, if they have indeed closed the gap at all on the Fords of Team Penske, on the Toyotas of Joe Gibbs. If they have indeed closed the gaps, this was the weekend they were going to show it. And three Penske or three Hendrick cars finished in the top six, six of this race. And William Byron had a very good night until he had some issues late, but a, a solid, solid race for the Hendrick motorsports boys. Maybe after almost two years of being out of the spotlight, maybe we're actually seeing Hendrick motorsports as a whole uh, start to, to figure it out here, Spencer and, um, and rattle off some nice finishes. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, they've been off, like you said, for the past several years. And, you know, with Bowman, uh, with Chase getting that win and then Bowman run uh, good at Talladega, you know, everybody say you can, anybody can win in a plate track. So, um, so them going to Dover, you know, he was able to do the same thing, finish second. And then they go to Kansas and he's able to do it again. Chase finished fourth, I think, up front, like you said, three cars in the top six. So um, for them, for basically three weeks in a row, they've really, uh, like Phillips said, they've really been on a, um, a streak um, on the hot burner. So, you know, if they keep doing this, they'll, you know, show that they're able to do what the Fords and Joe Gibbs are doing. Um, so, yeah, as you see now, Stuart Haas don't have a win. Hendrick does. So, um, you got to say them Fords are a little bit off, and I think Hendrick's finally starting to come around and find some speed in their race cars. And Chase said there's still more to be found. There's still more progress, but you got to start somewhere. So, um, you know, you got to take it one race at a time and get better one race at a time. So, um, yeah, this was their time to shine. It's time to do it now because, you know, we're, what are we, 13 races in, something like that. And the season's going by very fast. So, like I said, it's your time to shine. It's time to do it now so you can find yourself in the playoffs and run for a championship. So, Oh, he's absolutely right. And, you know, this still isn't the Hendrick Motorsports organization we're used to seeing year in and year out. I mean, they're not going out and winning races and, and dominating but I think Saturday night was the biggest statement from them that, hey, we're close and we're getting there. Um, and it was a huge, huge statement for them because at times all four of them, even Byron showed a lot of speed. He was second at one point in the race. Uh, and if you go through position six through ten, you can even see a couple of uh, other Hendrick Motorsports engine cars or at least affiliated teams right there, which is a good sign as well. With Kurt Busch in seventh, Jimmy Johnson sixth, and you had Kurt Busch in seventh, Kyle Larson in eighth, a nice run for Larson. You know, back-to-back top 10 finishes for him. Maybe he's starting to get a season off on the right foot. And then an excellent, excellent performance from Tyler Reddick in the Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet, uh, number 31, just his second career cup start, his first on a non-restricted play track. An unbelievable weekend for Tyler Reddick. Ninth was probably uh, the lowest he ran in the, last, in the second part of that race, so a great run for him. And a, 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 as good as Reddick was, Chris Buescher was better. He finished 10th, led 10 laps in this race, uh, was in the top five for most of the day, got stage points in both stages for a little tiny organization, a two-car organization out of uh, JTG Daughtery Racing, a tremendous, tremendous run at it, Chris Buescher. It's not the first time we've seen this 37 team have some speed in the mile and a half, have some speed this year. Trent Owens and that group have really figured it out. Chris Busch is really starting to put together some nice runs. I think they're a little bit too far behind right now to make a run for the chase, but who knows? That team, you know, with how they've run, and Busher's won a, a, a road course race in the Xfinity Series before, uh, a 
couple of guys, six through ten there, Philip, who really, really had a good night in Tyler Reddick and Chris Butcher. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Reddick, I mean, that car was just cool. It reminded me of uh, the late Neil Bonnet's mom and pop's 31 car, and he opened a can on his own teammates and virtually everybody that runs for RCR. And I think he's, he's proving that the move that he made out of uh, junior motorsports to RCR was to position himself to kind of do what he's doing right now, showing what Brad saw in him and other people have saw in him previous. Uh, this run, considering what RCR has done so far this year in general, the fact that Tyler Reddick in his second career cup start finishes ninth is a pretty big deal for that organization. I think it puts some people on notice in terms of their performance and what they need to be looking at. Um, I mean, that's a big deal for them. Uh, big, big run for Tyler Reddick. Kyle Larson now, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about him. He was like 21st in points. Now he's 15. Uh, Jimmy Johnson got a finish better than where he really was because the 24 was the one that was up there with the 88 and the 9. The 88 and the 9 are in their own zip code right now. The 24 is kind of in his own little zone, and then the 48 is the worst of the four. And he was nowhere for most of the night. And then late, he came through, and because of all the stuff that happened, he was able to get that six-place finish. It is what it is. He's seven-time with momentum going to one of his best racetracks for the next two weeks. Kurt Busch continuing the consistency that he's had most of the year, and Larson getting another great another solid run to get himself back into playoff contention is good. Chris Busher with the Hendrick affiliated. I mean, seven Chevys in the top 10. I don't remember the last time there were seven Chevys in the top 10 in a cup race. You could probably look for it, but it's been a while. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, and the Chevys were actually in, in the running. I mean, you had the, the 42, you had the one, you had the nine, the 88, the 37, the 31. They all were a factor at some point during the evening. Uh, the Stuart Haas Fords were good at the start, but the result at the end wasn't there. Ricky Stenhouse was there for most of the night. He looked like his old self in the Xfinity series. Didn't get the finish he probably wanted. But yeah, I mean, you got to give, it, it looks like the Hendrick effort has figured out the engine side of things. And in terms of these cars, the Ganassi team is starting to get around these cars uh, with both drivers and also the 88 and the nine are kind of, you know, solidifying the Hendrick deal, going to the home, playing a home game here for the next two weeks. And it's a positive sign for the Bowtie Brigade who hasn't had a whole lot to celebrate here uh, for the last couple of years plus. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see what Charlotte Speed Weeks brings with a weird nonsense package they're going to run next week, and then a similar package to what they ran, uh, I think probably the same package they ran last night in the 600, mm-hmm. and it'll probably race better in the last segment of a race, kind of to what happened uh, yesterday. It probably The race will kind of build up to being good by the end uh, of the 600, which could be a positive sign for a race that generally isn't all that exciting. 917-889-8280 is the number to call here on Talking in Circles. Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here as we break down the uh, weekend's events from Kansas Speedway uh, in Kansas City, Kansas. It's a fun weekend. We're breaking down a Cup Series race, the Digital Ally 400. Um, we went through positions 1 through 10. as You know, I just, Spencer, I think Philip brought up a good point about Tyler Reddick. He has so far, and I know the Xfinity Series was off this year, this week, I should say, Kansas. But, you know, I kind of questioned his move. He went from Junior Motorsports, which is a a very, very good Xfinity Series team, to Richard Childress Racing, who in the Xfinity Series side of things has had their struggles. Well, he's run. He's shown some really good speed here in the last couple of weeks in, at RCR. Goes out in the cup race at Kansas and is absolutely uh, sensational at Kansas. This Reddick kid, I think to me, and I know he won a championship in the Xfinity Series last year, 
But to me, so far in 2019, he's impressed me more than he did previously in his career. What do you have to say about Reddick and, and even Chris Busher's run that's, that stood out? Just two uh, really, really solid days for drivers who you don't normally see up in the top ten. All right, I'll speak of Busher first. Uh, yeah, Busher, we all know he's a champion in, the, uh, in, Roush, in, in Roush Fenway equipment. Um, and he's a driver. He really is. He's got a lot of talent. Um, and I'm not speaking for everybody. I think he has a lot of talent. You don't win a championship if you don't know how to drive. So, um, And, you know, I know it was a fluke, but he has a win with front row. Um, he ran good at Bristol with front row. So he knows he ha- he can he can show he dri- can drive in anything he gets in and gets – a hell of a lot better finishes than what he should in some of his equipment that he's been in. So, yeah, and like you said, you know, he's been really showing that he can do good in the JTG Daughtery. Um, he's out done Priest this year, and I know he's got a lot more experience than uh, Priest, obviously. But, um, yeah, good run at Kansas. You know, that's um, – you know, they, they basically show they can run up there with the best. Not each, not each weekend uh, they can, but they're showing that they're making progress and will be there one day. And then, uh, so yeah, I think he's a great driver. He's doing really well. Um, like you said, he's, you know, there's still some plate tracks left. He can squeeze in a win um, and make himself in the playoffs and, you know, see where that takes him. And then uh, for Reddick, another guy, he's a driver. He's really good. He's also a champion. Um, but like you said, you regret his move or you're not sure about his move. He didn't really perform super well in the uh, junior motorsports stuff. But when the time came and the, and he ran well when it mattered and he was able to get the job done. But um, I think he's doing really well in the RCR equipment. He's up front. He's competing for wins. Um, uh, week in and week out, honestly, he's running up front with Bell. Um, so, you know, he if, he if the other teams don't watch out and he gets on a hot streak, he could be back-to-back champion in my opinion. And uh, so, you know, RCR, I think they're doing better on the Xfinity side with uh, Reddick and, um, than the Cup. So, I don't know. I really haven't seen a whole lot at RCR in the past couple of years in the cup side. You know, Dylan won the Daytona 500, but so what? It's a plate track. Show me that you can run in the top five, top ten each week at cookie-cutter racetracks, short tracks, whatever it may be. Then we can maybe change your status to that you know what you're doing and you're running up front. So, um, yeah, um, they're both great drivers. They're doing really well in what they're doing and what they're in right now. So, um only time, only time will tell, and we'll see how they do in the future, and, and see if one of them can uh, see if uh, what's uh, Busher can make the playoffs by winning the race, and we'll see if uh, Reddick can defend his title and RCR stuff. So, yeah, well, and I think RCR has really benefited from going to one team in the Xfinity Series two or three years ago. They had five teams in the Xfinity Series, so it's it's been a, a real consolidation of teams and efforts. They got you know they run a second car part time there. Uh, but it's basically Reddick out by himself. But, um, you know, I think the most interesting part about Reddick's run, and you touched on this, was RCR. They weren't – they didn't run that great on, on the rest of RCR. You know, uh, Austin Dillon, 17th, Daniel Hemrick, 18th. That's okay, it's, but it's not great. You know, we've seen better speed from that team at times, and even Ty Dillon struggled. Uh, Ty Dillon ended up 28th on Sunday so, – uh, on, yeah, on Saturday night. So it was a uh, – it was not a great night from him, either, his standpoint, either. So – uh, and that's I consider an RCR car because of, of the close affiliation they have there. So um, not a great night for the RCR cars, but a very good night for Reddick. Positions 11 through uh, 20th, you had Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who, who Philip talked about earlier, a solid day from him. He led uh, a few laps, was up, up in the top 10 for a lot of the race, ended up 11th, probably not where he deserved. Uh, 12th spot was Eric Amarola, another driver who didn't really deserve the finish, where he did was Kevin Harvick had one of the fastest cars all day, st- took the pole, led 104 laps, ended up 13th. And then you had Daniel Suarez in 14th, Joey Logano in 15th, Denny Hamlin 16th, Austin Dillon and Daniel Hemrick 17th and 18th. Another driver who you kind of scratch your head and go, what happened to Martin Tricks Jr. in 19th, and then William Byron, who was up in the top five for a lot of the race, he ended up 20th. Uh, you know, a couple, a bunch of, of Stuart Haas racing cars there, Phillip, uh, they really, like you said, earlier in the race, you know, it was Kevin Harvick and, and Clint Boyer early in the race really pulling away from the rest of the field. But to have one car finish in the top 10 uh, at Kansas is a little bit disappointing for them. I think a lot of people expected them to do a little bit better. Um, maybe this is a, a byproduct of, of watching the other Chevrolet teams from the Hendrick Motorsports camp 
uh, improve and, and Stuart Haas not improving, are you at all a little bit concerned about where they are? Um, and uh, what do you think about Stuart Haas Racing's performance on Sunday at Kansas? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Harvick had the best car. Uh, it's uh, as much as we could talk about Chase, we could talk about some of the other people. Harvick had the best car. He was the fastest car in pra- all of the two practices. He was qualified on pole, and it wasn't really close. Uh, his decision to pit with whatever issue it ended up being, whether it was because of the debris on the grill, the tear-off on the grill, whether it was a tire problem, whatever it was, it set him back. He never was able to come back because he couldn't run in traffic. 14 car ended up going and getting into it with, with Eric Jones and wishing you had wrecked Eric Jones, which, I mean, Clint Boyer, for his attitude and the way he is, you know, he's a, he's basically the new Carl Edwards, Mr. Red, like, you know, oh, I'm tough, I'm a big deal, whatever, talks a big game, doesn't do nothing. Uh, he probably could have gotten a t- second or third place finish, like he said, in this post oh, interview. Tough. Yeah. The, the um, I mean, in terms of Al Marola, they got penalized in pre-race inspection, and that basically ruined their uh, their their night. I think he would have had a chance, and he showed signs early in the race, but he never really finished, came through. Suarez wasn't there basically the whole night, but got a 14-place finish out of it. They're not where they need to be. That is true. I think now, after basically a third of the season is done, or not even, yeah, a third of the season is done, no wins. I mean, they're all in the, the playoff right now, but they're all basically clustered together. You know, 9th, 11th, and 13th for the other three guys. Harvick is the leading points getter that hasn't won a race. Uh, but they the mistake yesterday or whatever worked out to be the problem, uh, next week's not really going to be anything as much other than to be kind of like a morale booster for if somebody wins that hasn't won. Uh, it's not going to really test out anything. Uh, the 600, I think, is going to be a key indicator for the Stuart Haas crew to see where they are or if they can. one of them can actually win this race. Harvick has made a habit of doing well in this race. Uh, it's a race where first-time winners have, have came through. Figure Bowman is a favorite for that, but I also think Suarez, um, who's had success there, previously has a chance as well. Uh, Stuart Haas does has to show something here soon. Uh, uh, between Charlotte, Pocono, you know, some of these next few races, it's going to be a key indicator of what they really are going to be able to do this season. Because Hendrick's starting to make that move, as you said. Penske's there, at least in two of their cars. Uh, and Toyota is there with the 18, the 19, you know, and the 11, on and off. So, and I mean, and the 20 has his moments as well. So, mm-hmm. Stuart Haas, the way they were last year, they were on it with that package. It was perfect for them. They're off right now. But the way this rule with this playoff system, the way it exists, theoretically, they don't need to be all that amazing right now. They only have to make it to September and be in contention. And once they get to September and if they figure it out, you know, we'll go from there. And they're all right. in contention and they're not really concerned. That's one, that's a difference. Like if it, if they were running a full season championship, the only one of them that really has a chance is Harvard. But, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, because of the format, it kind of gives them leeway. So, yeah, and you're right. I mean, I think if you're Stuart Haas and you're or you're a fan of one of the Stuart Haas drivers, there's still time. All four of them in the playoffs. If the season ended today, um, I think they they still have time to to work on it. But I think they'd admit that they're a little bit further off than what they need to be, especially uh, in the middle second half of the race. They seem to be very good early on, and then all of a sudden lose it. Now. Track position is a is a big key. Amarola, like you said, was never able really to grab it. Harvick, once he lost it, was never able to get it back. Suarez was never really able to do it. But 
Um, it's a, still a little concerning, but there are a couple of other names, Spencer, there who had some issues there um, with the, the Joe Gibbs Racing teams. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, we saw Eric Jones run really good, finished third spot, but Hamlin, another be- tough week for Denny Hamlin where he spun, hit the wall. Kyle Busch had a problem, hit the wall, and Martin Tricks Jr. had some issues as well. Um, do you think this is a little blip on the radar where one race and, and they'll figure it out again and be a factor at Charlotte, or do you think this might be a beginning of something to where um, it could be a little bit of a trend. I'll tell you, I'll say this. I, Truex was one of my guys to pick this week. I thought he was going to be really, really good. Uh, he had to go to the rear as well because of a failing inspection. But I'm getting a little concerned about that 11 team. This is the second week in a row at two completely different racetracks where they were really, really far off, and Denny Hamlin spun out by himself. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the 11, the 19, and the 18 um, from Kansas Speedway? I mean, I'm going to speak on about the 18 and 19 now. It's Martin Trix Jr. and Kyle Busch. Um, Kyle Busch just had handling problems all night. You know, he really couldn't get his car going. And Truex, you know, he he's won. He's locked in. All three of them are locked in except one. Um, Hamlin, yeah, like you said, he's been off, you know. Um, but for the 18 and the 19, no, I don't think, you know, next week they're going to be just as strong um, running up front. I think this was just, uh, you know, an off week. You can have an off week. This is racing. Anything. You're not going to be perfect 36 weeks out of the year. You're not. And um, so, no, I don't think this. Is, I don't think it's something they need to worry about. Uh, Jones ran well. He needed this. Um, so, no. Let's see him at Charlotte. And I'll still put my money on Kyle Busch at Charlotte, and I'll put my money on Truex to run up front. Um, whether I'd put my money on Hamlin to run up front, I don't know. He hasn't really impressed me the past two years besides winning the Daytona 500. Um, Jones, he ran okay last year, and so, no, they're, they're fine. They'll be all right. Come next weekend, the All-Star Race, and then the 600, and just an off week. Yeah, and when you look at Denny Hamlin's season, it's funny because, you know, he won at Texas, won at Daytona, and you, and you sat there and said, you know, at least I did, after Richmond, the fifth-place finish at Richmond, you said, hey, this guy has – you know, eight top 10 finishes in nine races. He's done a heck of a job. Maybe this is the year where Denny Hamlin sort of grabs the bulls by the horns. And it's something we haven't really seen from him. I, every year I feel like with Hamlin, I expect him to have a huge year and say, okay, this is maybe the year Hamlin's going to figure it out because I think he's got so much talent. But then there's a, a, a thing in the year where it makes you scratch your head and go, well, maybe not. Maybe they're not as good as I thought they were. And I hope we're not getting, for his sake, I hope we're not getting to that point because Talladega, anything can happen. He crashed on, on lap 80. Okay. But then Dover, as I mentioned, spun out by himself, uh, finished 21st, had some issues with carbon monoxide. But you could say, okay, that's one bad week. But to do it again at Kansas was really, really kind of head-scratching because you sat there and go, well, maybe they're building these cars a little bit off to where they're not really, you know, and how many cars did they build? Maybe they're really not figuring out this package is really giving them a little bit of a curveball here as the season goes along. Who knows, but um, I think you know it's going to be something to keep an eye on as the season goes along. Uh, a couple of other drivers here, positions 21 through 40. Matt Tift, a nice run for him. And Bob Jenkins, uh, Front Row Motorsports, 36th and 21st. Corey LaJoy, who's put together a solid few races here, guys. And I know you sit there and go, oh, it's a 32 team, come on. But I'll say this, the last couple of races, 11th at Talladega, 26th at Richmond, 22nd at Kansas, not a bad couple of string of races there for Corey LaJoy, um, especially on on Saturday night. I thought he ran really good. Um, and then you had Ryan Newman in 23rd, just a disastrous weekend from start to finish for him. Was never really able to break the top 15. Ended up 23rd, disappointing for him. Then Paul Menard in 24th, he had some issues. I think he bounced it off the wall at one point. He ended up 24th. And Ryan Priest, Michael McDowell, David Reagan, Ty Dillon, Bubba Wallace, and Kyle Busch. And 30th, Kyle breaks his streak of, of, of 10 straight top 10 finish, 11 straight top 10 finishes, excuse me, to uh, to start the year. That's now over. Then it was Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, a tough day. Uh, he seems to be struggling. You know, it's Phil- funny, Philip, when you mentioned the Team Penske cars, you say two of them have figured out. Sounds like you're a little worried about Ryan Blaney. I want to get your opinion on that in a second. But then it was Bailey Curry, Quinn Howe, Reed Sorensen, Matthew Benedetto, Landon Castle, Joey Gates, Timmy Hill, and Cody Ware to round out the field. Uh, a couple of guys who stand out there, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, of course, and Ryan Newman. I just think they really struggle. But what about Blaney here, Philip? You know, you, you talked about it earlier about how 
at least two of the Team Penske cars have really figured out this package and got their hands around it. And we were sort of waiting for Blaney to do that. He got off to a little bit of a sluggish start to start the year. But Phoenix and uh, Fontana and Martinsville, third, fifth, and fourth, looked like he was able to figure it out. Had overheating problems at Fort Worth. You can say, okay, whatever. Fourth at Bristol, you're like, okay, they're ba- they're they're back. 25th, 15th, 15th, now 32nd at Kansas. Are you at all worried about Ryan Blaney here uh, in the in the 2019 season? Will he be able to figure it out and and be with his teammates and become a championship contender as the season goes along? Or do you think there's some deeper problems than what we know? What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about. Uh, Blaney and I've just thought about it you know the way that Penske racing over the years especially in the NASCAR side they haven't been able to provide three good race cars they've generally been able to provide two uh, one or two and you know we remember if you want to remember back Sam Hornish whatever you want to say about him as a stock car driver uh, that team was garbage um before him, they had uh, Travis Quapel, Alabama man. Uh, he was terrible. And then before that, they had Brendan gone. And I guess because he didn't fit the Penske way, Roger Penske let him go after a year. He was not great, but he was better than Travis Quapel. Uh, the thing with Ryan Blaney, and it's a thing where I've had with other friends that or, you know, people like Ryan Blaney, we all wish he was in the 21 car because it was a perfect fit. The family, him, everything, like the old school, every all of it fit. He doesn't really fit that Penske mold, even though he does drive for Penske, whatever. And I don't believe, you know, his crew chief um, in him. It, it We've had how many years now? This is their fourth year together. And they're just not, you know, three wins. It's not really, and really it's two, I mean, or two wins. I think it's two wins. Yeah. And and one of them was basically backed into it because Jimmy Johnson ran over Martin Truex at the end of the Roval. And they're not really making the progress they need to make. And granted, you know, Joey Logano's had much longer time in the Cup Series, so has Brad. But yeah, things have happened these last few weeks, but they were just, I mean, I don't care for Daryl Waltrip. It's obvious. I've said it on here and I say it on multiple avenues, but he's like, that 12 car has been dog meat all night. And I'm like, well, he's actually right for him. He was actually right. Uh, that car, it may look good. He loved how it looked, Ryan Blaney, but it definitely did not run well. And if that, in Texas is a good example. Like he, the Texas, he didn't get the finish he deserved because that's one of his best racetracks, and he's contended for wins there. And he didn't get a finish he deserved. Okay, fine. And he had a few good finishes, but they're so inconsistent that they're basically looking at a one round and done. And when your teammates are both champions and they're both winners so far this year, and you generally have only been able to contend in maybe one or two races to win. It's a concern for the overall look of this whole entire season. He could change it up. He could go and win the 600 in a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden it's a whole big deal. Or he goes to Pocono where he's won before and and change everything up. But I'd be concerned about the 12 car, honestly, and where he's at and his attitude, especially because he gets on Radio Sweetheart every week. Him and, him and Quinn trade that that award every week. So um, I'd be concerned about the 12 car uh, in general right now. Yeah, I, I, I think it's an alarming. I do, you know, again, he's sort of the guy and from a completely different perspective, because Hamlin's the guy who's a veteran who's been in this sport for 13 years, but similar in the fact that both of them, Blaney and Hamlin, where I feel like I'm waiting for them to sort of, Take the next step, Hamlin, be, to become an absolute championship contender, to where he can win races on a on a weekly basis and become a, that that championship caliber race car driver and race team. I expect that eleven team and Denny Hamlin to be. For Ryan Blaney, I expect him. I'm waiting for him to take the next step to become that driver who can win some races. 
And his win at Pocono, I think a lot a lot of people said, oh, that, that we're going to see a lot of wins from this kid. He's great. Then he won a Roval at Charlotte. But we really haven't seen him consistently run up in the top 10, top five. They seem to have these lulls where they, they run good for three or four weeks, then they run bad for three or four weeks. Then they run really good for three or four weeks. Then they lose a step or two for a couple of weeks. So it is a little bit alarming. You would love to see more consistency out of that 12 team. I'm not sure a crew chief change. I think he really likes Bowens and what they've done. Um, Penske at least really seems to have a lot of really good engineers there. Um, but somebody to keep an eye on for sure as the season goes along. Um, anything else, Spencer Cowan, to you that stood out for the Digital Outlive 400 at Kansas before we move on to the Truck Series race? No, not really. I thought it was a, a good race. Uh, exciting towards the end. I thought there was a lot of passing. And just a few names shocked me, you know, that you really didn't hear about. Um, like Magana, you didn't really hear much of him. And we already spoke about all the other guys. So, no, um, just an exciting finish and um, another win for the two-car. Yeah, and, you know, the Digital Ally 400 was not the only race run this weekend. It was the Digital Ally 250 from Kansas Speedway NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series event, the seventh race of the year for that series, and it ended with Ross Chastain in victory lane. Ben Rhodes was second, then Todd Gilland, Austin Hill, and Brandon Jones, the rest of the top five. Uh, Spencer, I know you've been chopping at the bit, bit to uh, talk about Ross Chastain and what you thought of him and his efforts on Friday, so I'll let you start here, but uh, a team in, in Nice Motorsports winning their first race, a crew chief in Phil Gould, who's really taken some hits you know, he was with Elliott Sadler in the Xfinity Series. Then he was with Ryan Reed. Sort of lost that job at Rosh Fenway. Came here to meet Nice Motorsports, and he sat there and said, okay, this team's going to be pretty good. But I don't think anybody expected them to go out there and win a race. Chastain does it at Kansas Speedway. Uh, a solid, solid day. Nearly wrecked in the middle of that race. Was able to hang on to it. What were your thoughts on, on Ross Chastain's efforts at Kansas in the truck race on Friday, Spencer? You know I'm a big fan. I'm, I know you're high on him. Um, he's an incredible race car driver. Um, it just It's a shame, honestly, I'm going to kind of go off topic, that it's not really so much about talent anymore. If you don't bring a big paycheck to the table, you're not going to get a good ride. And that's sad. It really is. But And, you know, it's not the owner's fault. It's the cost of NASCAR is so high. If you don't have a tremendous amount of money from a sponsor, there's no way you're able to go to the racetrack. Um, so it's just how it is, I guess, but yeah, you know, that team is, you know, they finish in the top 10 every week. Um, you know, they said they're about on a third of a budget of whatever, all the, like KBM and all them big guys. Um, and for them to go out there and compete like they are all week, I mean, all year so far, top tens and all of them, like I said, and for him to really show that he could stay on the back bumper of Friesen and, um, you know, there's going to be controversial. Friesen ran out of gas. He was all over the bat. He was so close to him anyways. You know, it was two laps. He may have not got around him, or he may have. But the kid has the trophy. You know, um, he's a watermelon farmer. And, you know, he, you know, so what? He passed him because he ran out of gas. A win's a win. And it's going to be with him for the rest of his life that he won at Kansas in the truck series. Um, but, yeah, I think he's a tremendous race car driver. You know, he drives the wheels off in anything he gets in. And uh, it's going to be a shame if he's not able to really show his talent in a big ride. And really, I mean, look, he showed what he could do in big equipment. Ran out and finished. Mm -hmm. Could have won Darlington and then finished second and then won a race. I mean, he's already shown what he can do. So it's going to be a shame if he can't get a ride. I'm I'm high on on Ross Chastain. I think, like I said, I'm a fan of him. I like to see him do well. So, um you know, congratulations to Nice Motorsports and that small organization, him. And um, um, I'm sure there's more to come. It's a shame that he's not running for points in this truck series. I think he could really put on a show and really give all the big teams a run for the money. Yeah, I think um, obviously with what was going on with the Xfinity Series and everything that was happening with him getting a ride potentially at Ganassi, uh, maybe he he looks at it and says, I should have ran the truck series because we would be in the championship contender here without Nice in the Nice Motorsports, I don't think anybody would expect that team to run for a championship with uh, anybody at this driver because they were so far off last year, but they've really improved their program. Chastain's a heck of a wheel, man. We've talked about it. But, you know, you talk about Friesen and people knocking him, Chastain here and saying, well, you know, who cares? He passed him for uh, because he ran out of gas. Let me just say this, you know, what 
as much as I complain about the the modern era of NASCAR racing, um, one of the things you have to do and and is is be perfect, you know. And Stuart Friesian on fr- on Friday night, and we've seen this a lot from him, whether it's speeding on pit road, whether uh, you know, which he's done a couple of times, which with with a chance to win, and and he's sped on pit road, and it's cost him an opportunity at winning a race. Or you know, we've seen him do a couple of things where you kind of sit there and go, ooh, what's he thinking? And on Friday night, that was the same situation. Came down for pits, pit road for a four-tire change on Friday night, and it looked like um, he had the race in hand and was going to win. Then there was a miscommunication between him and his crew chief, Doug George, and all of a sudden uh, – his crew chief – excuse me, I don't think it's Doug George. Uh, Trip Bruce. But all of a – Trip Bruce, right, thank you. Trip Bruce. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he comes down and he takes two tires. They don't get the truck full on, on the on the 52 truck, and he leaves pit road. And, yeah, he got – kept the track position. Everything was great, but he needed to fill up. And, you know, taking two lefts wouldn't have hurt either. Um, so he wasn't perfect on Friday, so he lost. And Ross Chastain did exactly what he needed to do, came down pit road, took four tires. They got the truck full. And everything, and as much as you want to say, well, maybe it was Trip, uh, Trip Bruce's fault, maybe it was Stuart Friesian's fault. Either way, you know, um, you can, you have to be perfect to win one of these races in these in the Truck Series or the Xfinity or in the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series. You have to be perfect, and Friesian wasn't. So sometimes the fastest truck doesn't win the race. I think Friesian might have had the fastest truck there, but you know, you can't throw races away. And Stewart's done that a few times here in the last two or three years when he's had a really good truck and he's thrown it away. Um, and I think he will win eventually in this truck series. He's got a lot of talent, no doubt about it, uh, especially on the dirts. He's, he's tremendous, but uh, you know, he's got to stop making, he's got to stop making mistakes and that team's got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. If they want to go to victory lane, because you can't do that at this level and expect to win. And I know, you know, his dirt background, this is the first time ever he's making pit stops and stuff like that. But still, he's been in this series long enough where he can't do this anymore uh, and expect you know, to run for a championship because that's not what championship teams do. They don't throw races away. And uh, he did on let's, – let's call it a spade a spade on Friday. He threw the race away. And uh, Ross Chastain was a beneficiary, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Chastain because he ran fantastic, had a heck of a run. Um, and I think he's, he's – like Spencer said, it's a shame that you – know, I think if, if the business model was a little bit different – Chastain would be in a tremendous, tremendous ride. So uh, great job by Al Nice and Nice Motorsports. Great job by Phil Gould. Great job by Ross Chastain uh, and everybody associated with that 45 truck. They did a heck of a job on Friday, and congratulations to them. Uh, position 6 through 10 here quick. Uh, Matt Crafton, Grant Enfinger, Brett Moffitt, Riley Earps, and Harrison Burton, the top 10. Uh, how about you, Philip? Anything stand out to you on Friday in the Digital Ally 250 the Truck Series race? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, uh, to piggyback off what you guys have already said, I mean, Chastain, we kind of talked about it offline for a few seconds. Uh, it's a, I, I've really come to respect uh, Chastain. I never really, I mean, I he drove for Brad a few years ago, and he it wasn't, you know, I guess it didn't work, because now all of a sudden, this last year or two, Chastain's went to some level where he's, theoretically could be in line you know we talk about you know Tyler Reddick earlier he was also at Chip Ganassi and Chip Ganassi's a big fan of him like he's a huge fan of him like he literally this guy is like his new Jamie McMurray except I think he might win races uh, more often Uh, and the fact of the matter is if Kurt Busch decides he wants to quit I think that's his answer right there. I mean, there's two answers he has, but I'm more than likely he's going to go and put Ross Chastain in that one car. Uh, but I don't think he's going to quit because he's running pretty good, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Todd Gilland has been up against it for a while this year. The Kyle Busch Motorsports program is off, has been off in general, uh, and he ended up getting a third-place finish, uh, strategy, all that, whatever. He got a third place finish out of it, and that's a big deal for them. Uh, I mean, in considering the points and all that, they they're right now in in uh, ninth, uh, 
nine points behind his own teammate, Harrison Burton, for the cutoff. Harrison Burton getting a 10-3. Four uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks in the top 10 in the end. It didn't really, it probably wouldn't have worked out that way. A couple of guys fell back there in the end, of course, Friesen being one of them, uh, Sheldon Creed being another, and Johnny Sauter, who had transmission problems. But uh, the Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks actually getting finishes this week compared to what they've been doing, a positive sign for them. Austin Hill probably getting his best run he's had since winning Daytona. He's been generally irrelevant. Uh, if it were the owner point chase, he'd be out. Uh, the the right now he'd be the eighth. He'd be eighth in in the standings theoretically. Um, so I mean, or he's seventh right now. He'd be fifth in the standings. So I mean, for the 16 team, they don't really have as much of the funding uh, as I think they're competing basically with the Nice team right now in terms of funding. And then they don't have the talent like they had last year with Brett Moffitt. Um, Brett Moffitt, of course, not getting a finish. He, he's been on he's been on the cusp here these last few weeks, getting an eighth place finish. But I think eventually they're going to break through. And once they break through, it's going to be like the the waterfalls. It's going to go um, because he has that talent. He's shown that for years, driving all different types of equipment. Um, Tyler Ankrum, K and N champion. Last year, I think Canon East got a second place start for DGR Crosley. Uh, got an 11th place finish, one of his first uh, one and a half mile uh, starts. Uh, got to give credit to that organization. They've been mm-hmm. off all year uh, outside of the restrictor plates. Uh, and so for them to get an 11th place finish there, second place start for Tyler Ankrum is a positive uh, for that organization. Uh, but of course the big thing to take away is that 45 truck. And you wonder if Chastain was running for points, uh, they'd be higher. They'd be higher than third in owner's points right now. If he was running for, for points, because they've had other mm-hmm. drivers in that, in that truck right now. So, um, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal for the series. It's a big, and everyone's talking about it. It's the biggest news story. Uh, the week for NASCAR and how happy he was. And they have a great chance to go and repeat um, Friday night at Charlotte too. Yeah, it was certainly, uh, I I, I agree. Listen, that was certainly a great, great run for Chastain. You know, you can't even emphasize how good he's been in that 45 truck. And uh, it's just, it, it just shows you his talent even more. I think we all saw what he's done with the with the JD Motorsports cars over the last couple of years, uh, and then what we saw when he really had a chance to shine in the uh, 42 truck car for Chip Ganassi a year ago, uh, and now here he is in a in a truck that not a lot of people expect to win a lot of races, you know, and he's going out there and and winning a race and, and running up front every week. So certainly um, taking giving it, taking his opportunities and making the most of them. And I'll say this quick too. What I love about Chastain is there's never been an opportunity too small for him. You know, nothing drives me more crazy than when you see somebody lose a ride. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about Chastain where he had a ride at um, Brad Keselowski's truck and it didn't work out. You know, he had a, about a six race stretch where he didn't have a whole lot of luck. He ran really good the year before with SS Greenlight, went to Brad Keselowski, didn't have a whole lot of luck in his first six, seven starts there. They made a move to bring in Tyler Reddick and said, oh, Chastain's out. And then all of a sudden, the rest of the year, he was he was great. Um, just never got an op- another op- big opportunity. But there was never an opportunity too small for him. And I, I don't know how many people would have said – would have had the pride to say, you know what? I'll go to Johnny Davis Motorsports and run for a few years and learn how to race these race cars, learn these racetracks, and learn to be a, a really good race car driver. And he was able to go do that. And I give him all the credit in the world – because I can't stand it when people lose a ride and they say, well, I'm not taking anything I can't win in. Okay, we'll never see you again. And for a lot of people, that's the, that's the opportunity. Ross never did that, and it's sort of that's why I think a lot of people are sort of pulling for him because they're like, hey, this, ki- this guy took, the, the oppor- took an opportunity that not a lot of people would have taken in his situation where he has a little bit of funding, and he did it, and he did it and went out there and made the most of it and has really learned how to race, and he's, be- he's benefited from it. Let's be honest. 
and he's on people's radars now here in 2019. And I think in either 2020 or 2021, he better get a cup ride, a very good one, because I think the sport will be a lot better with him in a good cup ride, uh, competing for wins and competing for championships. Cause I think he's got that good of talent, that much talent to where he'll be able to do that um, on Sundays in the cup series very shortly. 917-889-8280 Talking Circles is Clayton Caldwell with Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew tonight here. 917-889-8280. That's the number to call here uh, if you want to talk about anything NASCAR-related uh, here tonight on Talking Circles. A couple of uh, sa- sad news this week from NASCAR. Um, one of them, guys, is the death of Mike Mittler, who uh, was a truck series owner for a long time, You know, gave a lot of of young kids and a lot of of people who might not have had the opportunity, he gave them opportunities. You know, Carl Edwards, he gave him his first truck series start. Um, you know, and then you have Brad, uh, Brad Kislowski, he gave him his first break in the truck series. Um, Jay McMurray, another driver in the truck series that Mike Mittler gave an opportunity to. Um, you know, Regan Smith ran for Mike Mittler. Justin Allgaier ran for Mike Mittler. Um, a lot of the young drivers. I mean, who could forget Bobby Pierce's run at Eldora a few years second, ago? Who did yeah. he do that? Who did he do that with? Mike Mittler. Uh, he passed away. I know he, he was battling a long illness for a while. And Mike Mittler, who, who's been a mainstay in the Truck Series since 1995. Um, and, you know, partially owner, I think he's sort of got a deal here this year with DJ. He had a deal here with BJ Cobb, DJ Cobb. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on Mike Mittler there, Philip? I, I know, you know, you're a little older than I am, a lot older than Spencer. And, and his heyday, uh, Mike Mittler's heyday, you probably a little bit remember a little bit more than Spencer and I. But what are your thoughts on Mike Mittler and, and that whole passing? Uh, a very, very sad news uh, that come out of NASCAR this week. Yeah, I mean, he's a lot of the Midwest guys. I mean, Carl Edwards is one that always I, I'll remember. It's Carl Edwards and Jamie McMurray are the ones that stand out to me that he gave that opportunity, that first opportunity. The late Tony Roper uh, also drove for him, and his untimely accident, unfortunately, was in a Mittler uh, truck. Uh, there's a laundry list of people and a lot of people that have stood out um, even Kenny Irwin, the late Kenny Irwin. I'm looking through this right now. I'm trying to figure out all these people that have driven for him. I mean, it, the the thing that always stands out to me was Bobby Pierce, who's one of the best dirt late model drivers that exists. And in a in a different age, he'd probably get a chance. But the fact is, his loss to people for pavement is the gain of people that watch dirt racing. And his run in that 63 truck, banging it off the wall, trying to win at Eldora, uh, was one of the best runs there, you know. And and that was the best run that Mike Mittler and that organization ever had in uh, the truck series. And uh, it's a shame. Uh, it's a big loss. And it's sad when you see the people that, you know, they gave their heart and soul to the sport and they they weren't the big money people, but they were the people that really made a big difference. And if, if Carl Edwards was around, I'm pretty sure he'd have, he'd, if he had social media, he'd probably tell us how much he meant. I know Jamie McMurray had words and how emotional Brad was. Uh, his brother, Brian worked for that organization recently as well. So, I mean, it's a big loss for uh, the truck series, big loss for NASCAR in general, those kind of owners that really, um, you know, set the table, that gave those opportunities, those first opportunities to these drivers to get them to where they ended up getting to. Absolutely. Listen, you know, we talk about the, the grassroots of racing and NASCAR and the backbone of NASCAR. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I didn't know Mike Mittler at all. And I'm not sure what his financial situation was, but um, you know, with with what we've seen with this sport here over the last ten years, people losing rides because they don't have sponsorship, or not getting rides because they don't have sponsorship, um, it makes you appreciate people who like Mike Mittler, who really ran without a, a sponsor for a lot of, especially recently, for a lot of his his truck races, 
And, you know, he'd, he'd rather do that and give the opportunity to these young drivers and make them stick. And I think that's where people, uh, you know, appreciate that. I mean, Brad Keselowski, you talked about how emotional he was uh, during his, his victory lane speech about Mike Mittler. Just show, shows you the world, you know, it meant the world to him. I mean, uh, it gave, gave Keselowski an opportunity when not a lot of people would have. Um, you know, we remember Brad, and I know you do, and I certainly do, when he was coming up. You know, he was running in, in uh, equipment in the Xfinity Series that wasn't very good, and getting any kind of ride for him was a was a great run in the right direction. You know, was was huge, and Mike Mittler gave him an opportunity at Bristol and, and then Homestead uh, in 2006 before he got his big break with Junior Motorsports and then took off from there. But, uh, you know, you appreciate these guys a little bit more. And another driver, another owner who we saw pass away this week is A.G. Diller Jr., who um, was a, a owner in the Xfinity Series, went to the Cup Series in 1994-1995, didn't have a whole ton of success there, unfortunately, but was a 13-time winner in the Xfinity Series with his son-in-law, Rick Mast. And then he had an opportunity and really um, sort of, you know, helped generate the career of Ward Burton, who went on to win the Daytona 500, the younger brother, Jeff Burton, of course. Um, so, you know, A.G. Dillard passes away too here this week. Um, some sad news, certainly, Philip. I mean, again, maybe somebody that you could uh, talk about a little bit more since, you know, he, he's been out of the sport for almost uh, two decades here now, for over two decades here now. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on A.G. Dillard, if you remember him at all? Yeah, I mean the age, the stat you talked about. I didn't know that he was the father-in-law of Rick Mass. That's when I always yep. remember uh, Rick Mass driving. Like I always like now, I because I like watching old videos on YouTube, and he remember Rick Mass in that AG Diller twenty-two car, and that's where he set the tone. That's where he was able to go and get himself in the cup, and uh, yeah, he and I, I remember him for that. But then I also remember the fact that he gave Ward Burton his first opportunity uh, in Cup. They ran. Uh, they he it, Ward Burton moved from the 27 Bush car to the two, uh, which was A.G. Dillard's team, and then they ran Hardy's sponsorship of Buicks and Chevys, and then they number moved 31, over yeah, into the 31 in in the Cup series. They struggled in '94. And then in 95, wasn't much better, but his being out there kind of gave the opportunity and showed Bill Davis, hey, let me give Ward a shot. And that partnership and that relationship lasted a very awesome. long time. It was a very fruitful um, uh, partnership. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing like we talk about how these you're running out the little people in the sport. Like the Al Neese is like an A.G. Dillard. He's like a Mike Mittler. He didn't have a lot. They weren't running all that great, but they're there, and they tried. They weren't out there making up the numbers. They weren't out there making a fool out of themselves kind of thing. You know, like, and that's what he's done by getting that GMS connection. A.G. Dillard did it the right way. They competed. They won. Uh, Mike Mittler was out there, and he gave so many opportunities. Those opportunities don't exist anymore, and it's a sad time that we have to talk about these two men uh, that gave their heart and soul to the sport and there aren't that many people who really legitimately are that way anymore in this sport and it's a sad commentary and it's kind of scary for the lifeblood of where the sport's going to be for sure Uh, I, I can't I couldn't have put any word any better there Philip, um, I, I think, you know, they're they're a dying, you know, I hope, no pun intended, for lack of a better term, they're a dying breed. Uh, these car owners, these truck owners, these team owners that we saw, you know, basically were in it because they loved it. You know, they they didn't they weren't in it to make a, a billion dollars. They weren't in it to make a ton of money. They were in it because they absolutely loved auto racing. They absolutely loved stock car racing, and uh, and, and they loved this to give people opportunities. You know, and build careers and and help propel people to their careers, and that's something that is is long gone in this sport, unfortunately. And Mike Mitlin and A.G. Dillard will remember forever here on Talking Circles. Um, real quick, guys, just want to get your opinion here on the All Star Race that's coming up this week here. Um, I know Philip 
you and I had a little bit of discussion offline about it. Um, but, you know, Spencer, I want to get your opinion on this all-star race. You know, Philip and I come from an old, old school mentality where this all-star race to us over the last 10 or 15 years has really lost a lot of luster. Does this all-star race get you excited? Are you excited for what we're going to see on Saturday night? Are you excited for this all-star race at Charlotte Motor Speedway? I mean, I'm not saying it's the best race in the world, but, you know, it's uh, – I've never been to it, and, uh, you know, I'll be in Charlotte the night it's happening. Won't be at the race, but I'll be at the 600. Um, but, no, it's it, it's no points. You go out there and race hard. You know, it's uh, – you know, every sport has an all-star type deal. It's um, – I watch it. Um you know, I thought last year was exciting. You know, the pack was there and your guys up front, you know, are running that don't normally there, but it's fun. Go for the money, you know. So that's all I checkers and records, basically. So that's the fun part about it. But uh, other than that, I think it's uh, pretty pointless. But for that matter, let's, let's throw the green flag and let them have at it, basically. And on Wednesday night's uh, episode of Talking Circles, we'll have a lot more discussion on the all-star race and really get uh, dive into it and, and dive into the stages and dive into a lot of other things here. Um, but I just kind of wanted to get Spencer's opinion on that race because he's a, he's a newer fan. And, uh, you know, I know how me and Philip feel, you know, this isn't the one hot night 92, same feeling for us going into an all-star race. And again, we can dive into that a little bit more on Talking Circles. So a little bit of preview for Wednesday show here as we get as we end up Sunday show. I want to thank Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew for all the help tonight. You guys are tremendous. Uh, We'll see you next time. That's Wednesday night on Talking Circles. Be here at 830. Good night, everybody.